It starts to work, yeah. So, um, tell me, I mean, you've, you've run a lot of campaigns, you've been involved in politics a long time. What made you want to write a book about it? Well, I mean, really, there's three things I love that this book all allowed me to do. I love, I love books. I think books are magic. A way for people really to, you know, take history and take ideas and put them in other people's hands to do whatever other people want to do with them uh, and have it be in the world. I love stories. I think stories are powerful. And, you know, the handful of books about San Francisco I've built on, you know, Left Coast City, more recently Season of the Witch, uh, really just a few, all use stories to make points and to give people, um, you know, to give people... Enthusiastic, you know, enthusiastic ideas and specifics to get their mind around, and so this book is full of stories from my last 17 years in the city. And then um, I love San Francisco, and this is this is a moment I think we're at the lowest ebb in the 17 years I've been here, and I think maybe a lot longer than that. In both the way people feel about the city, the way the city's run, on top of that, how we feel about this country, and I think there's a backlash brewing, and this is a chance for me to talk about what I love about the city, but also what I hope um, I've learned that others can, can build on. So that's what the book is sort of about, all those things, and I've been for a few years bumping around the idea of writing a book. I started actually this about six years ago, and wrote the first chunk of it. Um, then I can tell you a little more about that, but then I basically immediately got back uh, from where the writer's retreat I was at and got sucked into campaigns. And then the book is full of what I've done, not just previously and a little history of the city, but the last six, six or so years, which has included No Wall on the Waterfront, Ed Lee becoming mayor out of the blue, you know, taking back the Democratic Party last year, and, and more things. So it's a combination of, you know, one person's story, thoughts about this beautiful city, and a lot of specific, I hope, practical tools and ideas that people can use and do whatever they want with. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. You, mm -hmm. you, you've run a lot of campaigns. Um, what lessons, and many of them successful, right? Many of the, most of the campaigns you've been involved in, you actually won, mm -hmm. which is a remarkable record for progressives <laughs> in San Francisco. That's true. Probably not as many people who are batting as close to 1,000 as you are in political campaign. Have you ever actually lost? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I ain't, there ain't no 1,000 in politics, and that includes John Gollinger, you know, uh, uh, I ran the campaign for public advocate last right. November, and we lost, lost you know, 5248, came damn close, we still lost. I ran the campaign for uh, Charmaine Bach, who ran for right. DA against George Gascon a few years ago. I ran the campaign for uh, progressive real estate tax, yep. transfer tax in the early 2000s. I ran, actually, the last affordable housing bond for the one we just did. I was the field director in 2004, and we came just short of a two-thirds. So, uh, so there's others I've lost, but, I mean, really, the book certainly focuses, and that's, as you say, uh, not as common in on the more left side of the ledger because we're always outspent and we take on tough stuff. Um, the book focuses on the, on things I've won and how I won them. So what, I think that's if you had to draw a few lessons, a few threads that run through all of those campaigns that can help people understand what messages work, what campaign things work, how, how did you win all these campaigns? And I know everyone is different, but what common threads can you draw from that? Sure. Well, I mean, the, the, there is a silver bullet that 
can win campaigns against any amount of money and any amount of odds, and it's it's in one word, and it's called organizing. And organizing is the unglamorous, difficult work that um, all of us have to do to uh, to show in real form and ideally in number of votes on election night that there's more of us than there are of them. And and if you know that's true, I think for most public interest and populist liberal populist issues, you know whether it's healthcare and immigration or whether it's you know, waterfront preservation or environmental issues, there's more people who agree with us than that. The reason we, all, we usually lose is we have an incredibly hard time translating that to votes, mostly because of money. Because money, when it comes down to elections, uh, is used in various ways, you know, media being one of them, but not the only, uh, to sway voters against us. So organizing, by that I mean, and the book talks about the unglamorous work of getting on the phone months and months and months before an election and recruiting a very small but dedicated pool of volunteers to do the day in and day out work of recruiting other people to put signs in their window, come out for a Saturday mobilization, give $25, and that takes a long time and a lot of spade work. And very little of it is big rallies and press conferences or uh, you know election day stuff. That's all like the very end. That's kind of the, the cream on the on the on, on the frosting on the cake. The the cake is the nine months before the election, dragging yourself to the office at seven o'clock at night and spending those three crucial hours uh, on the phone, calling back people who have not responded to your first seven messages to get because you know you could squeeze out a few of those folks if you if you do it. So organizing is the number one silver bullet. I do though, and and as I've started to talk about the book, you know I've already had a few folks who say, look, how do we persuade the young techies to join us? You know we're we're well, losing my next question. Sure, we're losing a lot of the people who have you know come to the city and stuff. But and I think and, and I'm not. And we talk more about how we persuade other people to join us or aren't with us. I think that's important, but I actually think that skips a step. I think it's the wrong question. I think it's not the it's the wrong first question because the what do you what's the number one mistake most, if not all, first-time candidates make in politics? The number one mistake almost every first-time candidate makes is they think they have to convince everyone to like them to win. They think they have to. You know, we're sitting in a cafe with you know 30 people in here and. If if I were a first-time candidate, I can guarantee you almost all of them, if they had to win this this room, would think they got to walk around, talk to everybody, and address every issue, and you know, spend as much time. That's nice. That's not what you need to do to win in politics. You need to, you need 50% plus one. So you you can actually lose almost half of everyone you talk to. And when you actually talk about elections, sadly, uh, a third to half the people, even in San Francisco, don't vote in every election. So in just the crude, how do we win? How do we win in ways that elect a mayor, elect a board of supervisors, you know, pass ballot measures, reclaim our city for the special creative people who made it what it is? We need to convince 50% of the people who vote, which really is just about a third of the people in San Francisco to be with us. Because if you take out a third who aren't gonna vote, that leaves two thirds. You just gotta convince a third of the people, maybe a little bit more, to join us. And uh, a huge percentage of those folks are with are with us in the 
this should be a city for everybody, not just for the wealthy elite. The Democratic Party should be run by real people and not by corporate real estate lobbies. Those kinds of things. And that, inc that includes, by definition, uh, actually, I think, a good chunk of the new people, whether they work in tech or not, because a lot of them came, literally live in San Francisco rather than down in p the peninsula by their company because it's a cool, different place. Not all of them. But I think we've already, we've always had uh, a huge percentage of young professional people in the city who are here to make money. Whether before that was more in the financial industry, when Bank of America and Wells Fargo and all the banks were here, and, and earlier before that. So I'm not dismissing that we got to keep re rejuvenating and replenishing the people who have done the work, you know, I've done for the last 17 years. We need more people to do my work, for example. But I actually think it's the wrong question to start with. The right question is how do we pick issues? do the organizing, put forth candidates who can motivate and excite that third of the people that we really need to win most elections. And that's how we want, that's how at least we built the base to win no wall on the waterfront A Washington, is that we really built uh, and motivated and engaged a really core constituency, and we pieced together a coalition, and then by the end, we had two-thirds of the voters with us on that issue because we were right. And we, we, we used that to get the word out. Um, uh, but that's not what you need to win. You, you just need, you know, and that's, I think the Bernie Sanders movement has shown a lot of that. The, no, they haven't translated that into big wins yet. That's to come. But I do think that's the number one secret that's throughout all my stories. Aaron Peskin's first campaign for office, which I talk about, Eight Washington, No Wall on the Waterfront, how we took back the Democratic Party. It's focusing on what we need to do to win, not trying to persuade everyone to agree with us. Because that's that may sound good, but that's not what you gotta do to win in politics. Since Art Agnes, the progressives have had a hard time winning citywide races, particularly at the top for mayor. Um, what have we done wrong and what lessons have you learned from your campaigns that may help in the future to elect a progressive mayor? That's a great question. And that's true, and you know, in the reading I've obviously done and my bookshelf is full of the vast majority of political books about San Francisco, and there's really not many. That's another reason I wrote the book, is to add and hopefully inspire more people to write books like this about these issues or others, because there aren't very many books about San Francisco politics. There's a few. Um, the last one that sort of delves into elections and specifics uh, was Left Coast City. It came out in the early 90s, and, re and the last campaign it talked about was the Art Agnes mayoral campaign. But, um, but from all the reading I've done, you know, I'm a student in history. I now I've gotten to know Art Agnes and a lot of these folks. Um, um, uh, the reality is the more progressive left have never run this city. And the only, as you say, and I, I went back and did the math, in the last 50 years there have been 12, a dozen mayoral elections in San Francisco. Uh, three quarters of those the incumbent was running. The only three where there was an open seat uh, were, and, and two of those, a more progressive left candidate won. So only in those open seats have even the more progressive left candidate had shot. And Art Agnes won in 87 in, in huge part because of the on-the-ground field, door-to-door -door work his campaign did, as, as you recall, and they actually took, uh, or I took a page from their game plan and wrote a book, because that's what Art did, and I have a copy of it, and uh, I've talked with them about it, and, uh, and and it was dropped on you know virtually every door in the city, and some people still have it. And that was a way to put his ideas out, but also just to engage regular people. And then the pre the only other one where a more progressive liberal person won, of course, was in 1975 when George Moscone won and beat uh, you know the more conservative candidate and the and the one who was at the time probably more likely.
likely to win. That's it. Matt Gonzalez came close in 2003, but he didn't win. And you know, uh, and there was an incumbent running every other time. Uh, and that's so that's why that's why I, that's one reason I wrote this now is that in two years. Uh, unless something funky happens, we will have an open seat for mayor, and like in Art Agnes's race, we'll have had, you know, uh, nearly a decade of one mayor who's done a pretty crappy job, and most voters are incredibly unhappy. Uh, so the, I think the, the stage is being set for a change, but um, you know, mayor, uh, former Mayor Agnes showed that organizing and recruiting a good candidate and uh, and you know fighting hard to the bitter end is the only way to get it done and even then there's no guarantee but um, so I think that's that's to come but I do I do believe that that begins in 2018 and so you know 2018 2019 and then there's big elections the following year these next three years I do think will determine for a generation whether what you said at the beginning is going to remain the case for another 30, 40, 50 years that we have a very, you know, corporate Democrat sort of regime that runs this town and those of us who are more liberal are mostly on the outside or whether we can actually try to run the city for a change or at least be a part of a governing coalition. That's probably, that would probably be my dream is not that we're going to elect Bernie Sanders, uh, our own Bernie, although he could come here and run for mayor. I'd, I would, I'd love to have him. Um, I don't know that we've got that. Maybe. He's already done that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I mean, you know, the stage is 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 set for someone like Bernie Sanders to step up. Uh, but I'm I'm not so, I'm you know I may be an idealist, but I'm a practical idealist. So I would be thrilled if we um, you know created a governing coalition, both using the board of supervisors, mayor's office, and ballot measures, and uh, and, and redirected the city and, and took the horrible things that happened to it uh, and did a course correction. I think that's what it's time for, and that's I hope what the book will will help inspire and encourage people to do. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Perfect.